G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. It is amazing how much misunderstanding there is about the nature of Christian ministry, even among people who have been in church all their lives. In today's program, we're going to get up close and personal with the Apostle Paul as we learn more from 2 Corinthians. Our series is entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. 2 Corinthians is about vindication, defending and describing the ministry of God. In this case, not just apostolic ministry, but ministry in general. And there are great pearls of doctrine and of practical Christian living found throughout this epistle. It is a vital part of God's Word. 2 Corinthians, and especially the ministry of Paul, is explained. Now, can I just say that ministry in general, it's a very noble thing. What you do for Christ will last forever. That is an impressive legacy. But there's always misunderstanding and mythology associated with ministry. People seem to think that ministry should all be for free and yet of the highest quality, that those that minister, particularly in leadership roles, should be perfect, their families should be perfect, their spouse is always in the spotlight, even if they don't want to be, they'll have to actually flee into the wilderness to get away from it all, and many other misconceptions. Now, Let's take a look here, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 7 to 12. I'd like to read to you just three verses in this range. It says, Did I commit sin by humbling myself that you might be exalted? Because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge. I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. And when I was present with you and in need, I was a burden to no one. For what I lacked, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. And in everything I kept myself from being burdensome to you, and so I will keep myself. Paul is talking very plainly here that he labored in Corinth for free. He didn't take any wage from them, and whatever his needs were, They were met elsewhere. He didn't want to be a burden to them. Now, really, it's an indictment against them. For the scripture teaches that a worker is worthy of his hire. They didn't seem to not only pay anything for the apostles' keep as he was founding the church and growing the church, but a small minority were giving him a hard time on top of it all. What do we learn from all this? The gospel is free, but it costs 
those that give it everything. And really, the God-honoring thing is if someone has blessed you with the Word of God, Scripture says they're worthy of double honor. When Paul says he robbed churches, obviously, the great holy apostle is not a thief. What he's saying is that money that was given by other churches is what helped him to minister at Corinth. Really, money given to Paul in the other churches should have been for his work for the other churches. But some generous churches, like at Philippi, gave even more so that Paul could minister for free. Now remember, while in one sense it seems nice, in another sense it's absurd. It'd be like giving money to a missionary so they could minister in the United States, which of course has plenty of money. So this is what he meant by robbing churches. He didn't want to be a burden to the Corinthians, because probably they were still so immature, they couldn't handle the fact that, hey, this man that's ministering to us actually has the same human needs as we do for clothing, for shelter, for food, and we should be helping to take care. Now, Paul is going to tell the world what has happened in Corinth, and yet he's not doing this to humiliate the church. He's doing it because he loves the church. God knows. At the same time, he wants to expose deceivers, and there were several of them out there. Because remember, the false apostles were happy to take money from Corinth, and yet the true one was prepared to go without. Another way to discern the hireling from the true shepherd. Now I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 7 to 12. Again, 2 Corinthians 11, 7 to 12. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted, because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you. And so will I keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth. But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. This is Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 7 to 12. Our lesson here is entitled, The Self-Sufficient Apostle, meaning he took care of his own needs without being chargeable to the church at Corinth. And may I add, may this be the exception rather than the rule. We'll start with verse 7, where he says, Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that you might be exalted, because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely? This is an ironic passage, and in some ways it is a bit awkward. Did Paul sin by humbling himself? Of course not. Instead of taking a wage from the Corinthians, which really he deserved, he worked at his own job, probably as a tent maker, and took donations from other churches so he could serve at Corinth. Now, when he talks about the Corinthians being exalted by the good word of God, with all its benefits it brings, without any financial responsibility on their part towards the apostle who fed them the word. That's the exaltation. When you receive the word of God to your heart, you will be blessed, you will be promoted. Now, tongue-in-cheek, Paul asks if he had sinned by doing things this way. 
Of course not. Instead, the Corinthians should be ashamed by their ingratitude and complaining and their parsimony, which was no doubt fueled by the false apostle. The perverse thought of some in Corinth was that if Paul was really an apostle, he would have the right to local support. His lack of local financial support from Corinth called into question his apostolic ministry. Remember, the false apostles, as they always do, will be fleecing the sheep for every last penny they can get. Paul, the true apostle, didn't do anything of the kind. Friends, can I just say, Take care of your ministers. If they are feeding you with the good word of God, Scripture says they're worthy of double honor. Don't muzzle the ox when they tread the corn. This is not said in Scripture because God cares for oxen. He cares for his servants, his people, who are doing an eternal work for our good. 2 Corinthians 11, 8. I robbed other churches, taking wages of them, to do you service. I've explained this earlier, but let's go a little bit further. This is a figure of speech. Money, which belonged to other churches, was given towards the ministry in Corinth. It is possible that Corinth could have paid its own way and taken care of the apostolic team, but for some reason, they did not. Well, part of the reason is their money was probably going to false teachers. Of course, Paul did not commit robbery by violently taking that which did not belong to him. But the only comparison that Paul has is that he took money from the generous Macedonian churches that it should be given so that he could minister in Corinth. The robbery, if I can use that in inverted commas, is that the money could have been used for other purposes or for poor mission fields. Friends, it's one thing to give money for a missionary that goes into the developing world. It's another thing to give money on a regular basis to someone in the developed world. Every circumstance is different and needs to be judged accordingly. Then there is 2 Corinthians 11, verse 9. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no one. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied, and in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will keep myself. What a declaration here. When Paul experienced genuine need while at Corinth, he did not turn to the Corinthians for help. He was not a burden to them. It was the Macedonian churches that supplied his need. And you can read this in Philippians chapter 4, 15 to 16. Again, that's Philippians 4, 15 and 16. Again, this shows what I would call the immaturity of the Corinthians. And it exposes to their shame, especially when they could have taken care of the apostle. And they just, in their selfishness and self-centeredness, they did not. As I said, They freely received from the life of the apostle, but they did not give. Again, because we live in an increasingly selfish and self-centered world, one of the ways to break that selfish spirit is to learn to think of others and to learn to give to others, particularly to the cause of Christ and to the poor. Cause of Christ and to the poor is a wonderful way of breaking that selfishness, showing thoughtfulness, consideration, and so on. And by the way, as I often say, show me a selfish, self-absorbed person, and I'll show you the most miserable individual around. Show me a person that has devoted their life to service for God and for others, and you will see the most joyful person around. It really does resonate with the words of Jesus. When people seek 
to save their lives, to indulge in their lives, to focus on their lives, to the exclusion of God and others, they will lose it all. But those that lose their life doesn't just mean necessarily martyred. It means we devote our lives to God and others. We will find it. We will be fulfilled. We will bear fruit in every season as we increase in the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 10. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Remember that Achaia is the southern part of Greece where Corinth is located. Macedonia is in the northern part of Greece, where there are churches at Thessalonica and Philippi. So Paul is going to tell the world about all this. This ridiculous situation is no longer going to be covered up to make the Corinthians look good. They have been high maintenance and difficult. And though most repented, the noisy, recalcitrant, rebellious minority needed to be called out. As the truth of Christ is in Paul, and of course, it clearly is in Paul, he will keep telling his story. Now, that's another way of saying boasting. Paul will keep telling his story, his side of the story, which is really God's side because this is inspired scripture, in the regions of Achaia and in Moria, where Corinth is located. Moria is a region spelled M-O-R-E-A, Moria. No one in the area supported him since they insist on on belly aching, Paul will tell the world, and so he did. After all, it is a terrible thing, no- nauseous, noxious, <laughs> obnoxious to see people having been on the receiving end of great goodness to not only show ingratitude, but to continue to complain. It is, of course, immaturity, but it can even be deeper than that. So it is important that we understand these things. We learn from the mistakes as well as successes of the people found in Scripture, as well as people in life itself. Now we're going to talk about the love the Apostle has for the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 11. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth. I still love you, Paul is saying. Now is Paul, by shouting from the housetops about the conduct at Corinth and writing it for all eternity in an epistle called Second Corinthians, demonstrating a lack of love for these same people? The answer is absolutely not. It is high time for the light of honesty to dispel the darkness of deception given by the false apostles. Proverbs tells us open rebuke is better than secret love. One of our problems today, of many ever-increasing problems, is that people are becoming increasingly thin-skinned and easily offended, and offended when there is absolutely no reason to be offended. The offense is imaginary, delusional, and hallucinatory. It is not something real. I hear story after story in this environment of political correctness. And remember, political correctness at its core changes people's speech just in case they might offend another party. Like, let's not have nativity scenes or Christmas carols because we might offend people of other religions. I have never to this day met anyone of another religion who comes into a Western country and is offended because of Christmas carols, Christmas trees, nativity scenes, or the like. But this is the nature of political correctness and of the thin-skinnedness of our current culture. It is again, immaturity 
to be easily offended. It is deceptive as well as immature to be offended at something where no offense was meant and where even the words at face value are non-offensive. Are you getting my drift? It's happening all the time. What we really need is the opposite. We need some plain speaking by people who love us, committed to our well-being, and have a right to speak into our lives. And that is Paul. We need some straight shooting, but done in love. That's what he's doing here in 2 Corinthians. Our last verse, verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 11, but what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we are. We see what Paul's saying in this verse is he's going to expose the deceivers. His epistle and refusal to take support from the Corinthians was to expose the false brethren. They apparently did take money off the Corinthians, so Paul's expose is even more embarrassing to them than to the deceived believers. Remember the nature of the false brethren is that they are hireling, and they do what they do in part for the money, as well as for the glory, as well as for sensual pleasure. One, two, or all three of these things. Now, our lesson is entitled, Self-Sufficient Apostle. And our lesson for life, God's word is a light that shines in a dark place, so the misdeeds of false brethren will be made manifest. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also Go to our homepage to sign up for the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. It's an e-letter, not a newsletter, that has Bible articles, Victorious Christian Living articles, and current events in the light of God's Word. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you that Paul set a sterling example of sacrifice and self-sufficiency so that the gospel could take root in Corinth. Thank you for the pearls of wisdom we're receiving as we walk through this epistle verse by verse. Help us to put everything into practice that we may abide and remain on the rock through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.